1: And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30.
0: So go to our website, com slash live and get some
1: tickets. Join us.
0: Do you wipe your face with a hot towel before dinner? Do you wear a Superman costume to a Renaissance fair? Do you ghost? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. It's Nick Layton, and I'm Leah Bonema, and we're in New York today and let's just get right down to it. Let's get in it. So for our Moose today, I want to talk about Oshibori. I'm in. And what is Oshibori, you may ask. I may ask. <laughs> I, could, I could make some guesses. So Oshibori <laughs> is the damp towel that comes at a Japanese restaurant before the meal. And so let's talk about what to do with it. Yes. So it's going to be a little terry cloth, washcloth shape thing. And it's always going to be rolled up. And it's probably going to be cold in the summer and probably hot in the winter. And it might have a little fragrance in it, might have a little antibacterial in it, maybe a little lemon. And it usually comes on its own little tray, but sometimes it comes in plastic and it's sort of like a single serve thing. And so part of it is hygiene because the Japanese uh, enjoy uh, good hygiene. Um, But part of it is also just sort of the hospitality of dining. You know, it's part of just the ritual. So what are you supposed to do with this thing? So if it comes wrapped, unwrap it, and then you basically take the towel and you wipe your hands with it and then roll it up. And put it to the side. That's it. Do not wipe your face with it. Mm. Do not rub your neck with it. Do not blow your nose with it. Do not wipe the table with it. No, just wipe your hands and then roll it up nicely and put it back on the little tray if it came with a tray, or you can set it aside on the table if there was no tray. That's it. And then depending on what type of restaurant you're in, it may be taken away. Or if you're maybe in a sushi restaurant, often you'll actually have it for the whole meal because in some sushi restaurants, you'll actually eat the sushi with your fingers. And so it's a little way to sort of keep your fingers clean throughout the meal. And that's it. And a pro tip in Japan, if you have the plastic kind, it's a very Japanese sort of thing to tie that plastic in a little knot and then leave it to the side. Oh. So if a Japanese person sees you doing that, they'll be like, ah, Nice. So do that.
1: I feel like Nick's going to make us all seem so much cooler. <laughs> That's the whole show. No, I really appreciate I it. I want you to seem cooler. I love it.
0: And then there is some variation on the hot towel theme, which I think we should just briefly discuss on an airplane. I think the same rules should apply. I know some people feel like the towel is more of a spa type of thing. Oh, you
1: think no face on a plane?
0: I don't love that for myself. Okay. I know people do it. I like that less. I think I'm... <laughs> More Nick inclined, <laughs> I'm more inclined to let that slide on an airplane than in a Japanese restaurant.
1: I've definitely used a wet cloth that's been given to me on a plane on my face. Yeah.
0: I mean, live your truth, but I would I not. I didn't
1: put any yuckies into it.
0: Okay. You didn't blow your nose with this. Yes. It. Thank you for that. But yeah, I don't love that. But I guess if you really want to.
1: I you know I... Sometimes you're just so dry and your face needs to be awakened.
0: I see. Okay. And then sometimes like at a crab shack or in Maine in the you know lobster
1: shack hut. What kind of, what's the name of the building? I think you could go with either. I mean, it's going to be a lobster shack. Okay. A lobster hut. Feels I feel like wrong. a hut's going to be in the woods. Kiosk? Okay. <laughs> definitely not a
0: kiosk. But sometimes you may be given like a towel with a lemon on it at the end of the meal. And so the idea there is you squeeze the lemon on the cloth. You don't squeeze the lemon on your hands directly. Mm. So squeeze the lemon on the cloth and then take the cloth with the lemon juice and then wipe your hands with it to get sort of the the crab scent off of it. So that's how you would navigate that. And that's our Moose Boosh. Fantastic. And we're back. And now it's time to go deep. Very deep. Very deep. Into ghosting.
1: I was going to make a ghost noise.
0: Oh, please
1: don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also couldn't think of one. <laughs> Woo. But I I mean, you know. Okay. Is that appropriate? I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, that maybe. I don't know what kind of noises ghosts make. Fair.
0: So, today we want to talk about ghosting, which is when you cut off all communication with somebody without an explanation. Right. Just cut it off. And
1: this could be in multiple different kinds of
0: Oh, yes. I mean, this can certainly be for dating. But it can be in a business situation, with friends, with family. Like any relationship, ghosting can happen. And I think what makes ghosting sort of particularly problematic is that there's no explanation. It's the lack of explanation that I feel like is what stings for most people. And ghosting should be contrasted with not making an effort. Like that's a little different. Like if we're just texting back and forth and neither of us makes an effort to like make plans to get together... This is not ghosting.
1: No, it's not. This
0: is just fizzling. That's different. Mm -hmm. That's probably fine. So I guess the first question is, why do people do it?
1: Why do people ghost? What do you think? I think there's two reasons. Yeah. One, they don't care.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. They're thinking about them. Yeah.
1: The other one is explaining why they don't want to makes them feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, they are cowards. Yes. They are cowards. I mean, that's a
1: strong word. No,
0: no, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, no, they're cowards because they don't have the courage to express their feelings.
1: Yeah, I understand. I mean, I guess that is correct, but I also understand why sometimes it's really hard to tell people that you don't want to do something.
0: Oh, sure. But welcome to being an adult.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I don't make
0: the rules. That's just what it is.
1: No, you're right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Welcome to being an adult, doing hard things that we don't want to do. Bienvenido. Oh. Yeah. I mean, half of my life is stuff I don't want to do, but I'm sorry. This is what it is.
1: No, you're right. Yeah.
0: So I think people do not care. And then people also are just cowards. And this is why it happens. So I guess there's a spectrum of relationships, right? When we think about our relationships. And on one end of the spectrum is we matched on Tinder. We had some exchanges of messages, but we never met. And then the other end of the spectrum is we've been married for 50 years. Okay. So I think we can agree that... There is some point on the spectrum where ghosting is definitively wrong. Right. Right. I think if you ghost your husband of 50 years, this is a bad etiquette.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: If you only exchange some messages with somebody on Tinder, never met them, I think that's uh, ghosting. I'll give you a pass on that.
1: Yeah, that's not, there was no.
0: Yeah. So then I guess the question is, when do you have the obligation to actually end it politely and not ghost? where is the line then?
1: Would we put business into the same category as this? Like you just met, it was like a networking thing. There's no, but like if you were going back and forth with something at what point?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a business relationship, I think the same rules should apply. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I was thinking about this, I guess if you've met the person, then I think you have an obligation to not ghost. I think at that point you are too far past when ghosting could, even be potentially appropriate.
1: What if you met up for coffee and both of you, it was clearly not. Well,
0: then that's not ghosting. That's allowing something to fizzle. If I had coffee with you and I followed up like, hey, it was so great meeting you. Like, were you interested in maybe checking out that museum that we talked about? And you don't respond to that? That is ghosting. If we both have coffee and neither of us text each other, well, that's not ghosting. Okay. That's just allowing nothing to happen. Okay. And I think there is a difference, which is important. But the ghosting is when I reached out to you. I'm expecting a reply and you don't reply. Okay. So I guess if you met the person, I feel like, yeah, you you can't ghost. You just have to say that uh, either this business opportunity is not right for me or so great meeting you, but I'm not feeling a connection or whatever it is. Right. So I think that was the line. If you've talked to them on the phone, I guess if you've had a phone conversation with somebody, are we having phone conversations <laughs> with people? <laughs> I mean, I don't think dating happens by phone anymore initially, but in a business, I guess if you have a phone meeting, yeah. I think if you have a phone meeting and it's business, I think you owe them some follow up if they reach out again. Okay. Yeah. You owe them some closure. Yeah. So now let's talk about when is ghosting actually okay? Because I think there are times when ghosting is totally fine. And so one of them is like, if somebody crossed a boundary.
1: Yeah. And then they want to be like, I've had people email me that I'm like, is this what?
0: Yeah, like, ooh, you have some nerve.
1: Yeah, what's going on right now? Yeah, I think
0: if the response to a text or an email from someone is, you've got some nerve, then yeah, I think you are allowed to ignore this. Yeah,
1: you're not ghosting, you're- You're setting a boundary. They know they're fishing.
0: Yeah, so I think that's acceptable. I think anytime there's a safety issue, either emotional safety or physical safety, yeah, you know, etiquette does not trump safety.
1: Yeah, and your sense of personal peace. Yeah,
0: so you are definitely allowed. And then I guess if you've set the boundary and you've said like, It was so great meeting you. I just don't feel a connection. And you've sort of said the nice adult thing that you should say.
1: And I think that you should give all of us permission, Nick, because you do this in my life, to let everybody know that you're allowed to say that to people and it's actually the more polite thing to do. It is
0: way more polite to do that, yes, than ghosting. Because you're not
1: saying anything mean.
0: No, and I think as long as it's not a comment on them. Like- I guess sidebar, things you should and should not say when you're trying to break up with somebody. The, it was nice meeting you, I just don't feel a connection. That is a true statement. And I think that's a respectful statement. Statements that are more like, I'm just not ready to date, or I realize that I'm just sort of like in a different place right now. That's not a good uh, excuse because now it's a comment on your date with me. Like your experience with me caused you to have this epiphany. And I don't like that.
1: What's well, also sort of open-ended. You're like, do you mean in the future we could? You know, True. Just-
0: yes. But I think the nicest is always to say like, I enjoyed the time we had, uh, but that was enough for me.
1: And I think with work things, it's almost the exact same thing. It's thank you so much for your time. This was great. I'm going in a different direction.
0: Yes. And work things should be easier because in a business etiquette situation, like there should not be emotion in it.
1: Uh, but a lot of people have emotions. Yes. So don't have those. <laughs> <In a business laughs> for those situation. of you, such as myself, <laughs> who can't, that it's fair to just say that and it's nothing rude about yes, it.
0: Yes. There's definitely nothing rude. Uh, and you always want to just thank them for their time or their effort or whatever it is and just explain like, I'm moving in a different direction, but thank you. And yeah. Well, and
1: that's enough. I always have to remind myself that I'm being polite by freeing up people's time.
0: Yes. Leaving people hanging is rude. Yes. And in the end, I think that's why ghosting is rude because you are leaving people hanging. And leaving people hanging is rude. Yep. Because they don't know what to do next and that awkwardness is uncomfortable. And you've made someone uncomfortable and making people uncomfortable is bad etiquette. So,
1: in the end, it's not helpful. Just cut to the chase. Yeah,
0: pull it off like a band-aid sometimes. Yep. Yeah. And you can be direct and polite at the same time.
1: Yeah, cuz you're respecting the other person if you're yes. you're respecting their time, you're respecting their intelligence. Hey, this wasn't boom, done.
0: And I guess etiquette is also about empathy and thinking about if I was in that other person's shoes, what would I want to hear from them? Yeah. How would I want them to end this relationship, uh, whatever it is that we have? And I would much rather just hear from you like, oh, I'm good. I don't need to see you again. Or, oh, we're not going to use your services. Thank you so much. Yeah. And great. I can move on. No more bandwidth for you. Thank you so much.
1: I'm not getting strung along, not knowing what's happening. Yes. And on some level, ghosting actually is
0: a gift when people do it. I find I try and make a little lemonade out of lemons with that because it tells you where their emotional maturity is and where their communication maturity is. And I'm not super interested in dealing with people that have low emotional maturity. And when you ghost, you've been very clear with me about like, oh, this is where you're at. And so thanks. You have saved me a lot of trouble. I'm not going to invest any more effort into this relationship and thanks for saving me the trouble. Like I'm glad to know this now than in six months from now.
1: Yeah. I've had um, female friends who have been ghosted and they will have conversations and they're very upset by the lack of closure Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's what it is. You're learning that this is the type of person who's not ever going to give that to you. No. So you have to, that's your closure. They're not there Yeah. and you can't. You don't want that in your life.
0: Yeah. You don't want somebody in your life that does this.
1: Business or personal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You just don't want people who act this way mm-hmm. in your life. And so it's just better to cut them out. So that's how I feel about it.
1: I think it's great. Yeah.
0: And then I, I don't know why I threw this in there. I put down a Maya Angelou quote.
1: <laughs> Give it to us. I love Maya Angelou quotes. You want to get,
0: yeah, let's put this on a pillow. So her famous quote is just, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. Oh, that's a great one. Right? Mm-hmm. So I, my friends are rolling their eyes hearing me just read that. But um, it's a good quote. And I actually do think this is very true.
1: It is very true. And
0: so when people ghost, yeah, that's who they are. So believe them. Yeah. And so inevitably, when some people ghost and then reemerge weeks later, months later, and like pretend like they never did that. Yeah, no time passed. No time has passed.
1: It's almost gaslighting.
0: It is gaslighting. And so now you're a psychopath. It's like, no, no, you ghosted. That's final. That was a done deal.
1: Or wildly selfish.
0: Or all of the above. All of the above. All of the above. So if somebody ghosts and then unghosts, now shut it down. You are allowed to ignore the post-ghost message. <laughs> <laughs> you are allowed to ignore that. You can ghost the ghost. There it is. That's it. You heard it from me first. And now it's time for
1: Intermezzo. Intermezzo.
0: So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes.
1: And now you see how the title is ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already, we started a ten.
0: Renaissance Fair. Is it okay
1: to wear a Superman costume? I just want to say that I was so happy about this question. These are your people. These are my These people. These are your
0: people. Leah, if you don't know, has uh well certainly Lord of the Rings uh, is your go-to.
1: I hate to say this because I feel like I'm admitting to something, but I really am trying to be very honest with our this audience. This is a safe space. I have elf ears that are Lord of the Rings, but I also... Like you
0: wear them. Yes. Your normal ears are not elfish. My
1: normal ears are not elfish. Okay. But I've also worn them at a Star Trek convention ah. as a Vulcan, and then I'll throw them on at Christmas. Oh. So I feel like a true consummate professional would have three sets of ears. Well, but because Vulcan
0: ears and elf... Uh, ears uh, and well, Lord of the Ring ears. These are Lord different Lord of the ears. Ring
1: elf versus a Christmas elf. they probably a little different bit of an elf. And then a Vulcan. You know what I mean? I, mean? I should different... technically have three sets of ears. Okay. But I just have one. Okay. Well, um, Christmas is coming. But I have ears. I also have a cloak. Mm. Um, I of course have a Jedi robe. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you been to a Renaissance fair? No. So for those who don't know, I assume this is a global phenomenon and that not just an American thing, but maybe it's an American thing. I don't know. Listeners, if you're outside of the United States, do you have Renaissance fairs where you live? So a Renaissance fair is basically a immersive experience where People dress like it is Queen Elizabeth I's reign.
1: It's in like a field. Uh, or there's like a little village. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's, it's not like downtown.
0: It's not downtown London, no. But it's nobles, it's knights, it's ladies, it's merchants, it's peasants, uh, it's people eating big drumsticks. Uh, yes. Uh, jugs of mead. Yeah, it's all of
1: that. It's corsets, it's boots. Yeah.
0: So that's a renaissance fair. My personal feeling is that a Superman costume is not appropriate.
1: I mean, it's not Renaissance. It
0: is not Renaissance, true. However, at a Renaissance fair, you do see a lot of people with fairy wings and other sort of fantasy items. And I do not believe there were fairies in the Renaissance, as far as I recall.
1: (laughs) I have no problem with a Superman costume. You don't? No. Okay. I feel like while we're making stuff up, have a great time.
0: No, but that's like wearing a Darth Vader costume to a Star Trek convention.
1: Yeah, I know. Know that you're... Wrong. Okay. But enjoy yourself. Yeah, but don't you think you're taking the
0: fantasy away from the other people who are going to experience renaissance life?
1: Oh, I see what you're saying.
0: Like, I think honestly, if you're going to do renaissance fair, you should try and be period, no sunglasses, no watches, no sneakers. And like, you know, you want to embrace-
1: You know what? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you. And if
0: I see somebody, you know, as uh, Mario and Luigi walking down Main Street... Yeah, it throws you out of the experience. It takes me out of the experience. I think you're right. But I do agree that it is fantasy and, you know, live your best life. And that's fine. I did look into this further. Apparently... There are a lot of Renaissance fairs where Doctor Who shows up, the time traveler. So some people find it very funny to address as Doctor Who and like, oh, I'm time traveling back to the Renaissance. That apparently is a well-known trope that uh, people are annoyed by.
1: Maybe the Superman is trying to be like, because, you know, if he goes backwards, the time goes backwards. So
0: it could be that. And apparently there's always like a Star Trek away team who shows up at the Renaissance (laughs) fairs. Apparently, most Renaissance Fairs also have something called Time Traveler Weekend. Okay. So they actually designate a specific weekend where if you want to do that, this is your occasion.
1: Yeah, I think be uh, respectful of what the event is. And if they're really going all in on yeah. making it authentic, yeah, maybe save your uh, Superman for the Time Traveler Weekend. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess I would like it to be period appropriate and planet appropriate. Mm-hmm. I guess is my feeling. Planned, and appropriate. <laughs> Planned and appropriate. Yeah. I guess that's what I want for my Renaissance fair. But,
1: um, let's all go right now. So fun.
0: You know, upstate, uh, near Greenwood Lake is like this enormous Renaissance fair that has like jousting and like a little village and the whole thing.
1: Oh, I've had friends go. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Seems wonderful. I don't know.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> next question is, is it okay to keep your headphones on when talking to a flight attendant?
1: Mm. I always pull one out.
0: Yeah. I think the same rules about like, if you're at a coffee shop and you're about to order, yeah, you should take your headphones out. Now I think we do disagree. I like both out. I want, you know, you have my full attention. But I think at least the headphone closest to the aisle.
1: Yeah, I always pull one out to so they say, Oh, I'm listening, I can hear you. I just whenever I pull two out, I drop it, I lose it, where do they go? I don't know. Mm, who can say? Who can say who can where say? they went?
0: But yeah, I think you want to make eye contact and you want to just sort of be quick about it. Yeah. Yeah. Our next question is my husband and I have different last names. People assume that I have his and will often refer to me with his last name and to make matters worse, call me Mrs. As a feminist, this is super frustrating. I will often say, oh, I'm actually Smith or you can just call me Barbara. I'm sure I'm being rude for correcting people, but I wish people would stop assuming. Is there a better way to handle this?
1: I don't think this person is being, I don't think you're being rude for correcting people. It's your name. Yeah, that's fine.
0: Miss Manners also agrees. Like you should always be addressed the way you want to be addressed. So whatever name it is that you use, and this goes for pronouns, whatever pronouns you want to use, you should be called by that. And you should let people know that. And it's okay to correct people when they do call you by the wrong name. What you're not allowed to do is lecture them or chastise them.
1: Yeah. Like if I thought you had a different last name, I would love for you to correct me. Ideally, you wouldn't be angry at me because I didn't know you would just be like, oh, it's Barbara. And I'd be like, oh, cool. Or, oh, I go by Smith. Oh, cool. And then now I know. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's the same tone of like, oh, my name is actually Leah not Leah. Yeah. And it's just a a neutral tone. Like, Oh, you didn't maliciously call me by the wrong name. I'm just correcting you. And that's fine.
1: And I don't think you should feel rude about correcting people at all. And feel free to do it all the time because I think there's a little bit still, you know, which people would stop assuming it's like the irritation of it.
0: Yes. I mean, people will assume, I think many people do still take a husband's last name. And so this is very common. So I don't think we want to be mad at society for having this issue. But it's fine to correct people.
1: Yeah. I mean, or we can be mad, but we just... You can be mad at you the patriarchy. You can just still politely, cor- politely correct people. Yes.
0: What you don't want to do is then go into a lecture about it. Uh, why you've chosen to do this, what it means to you, what it means about the person assuming this. Like, we don't want to go down that path.
1: I mean, you know I have.
0: <laughs> you want to lecture people about this?
1: No, I don't lecture.
0: Oh, what do you do? You
1: don't want to know what I've done, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, give me a flavor. I mean, I've made comments about, oh, I have a permission slip to be outside from my
0: by my husband, my husband. Oh, yeah, that's a little pointed.
1: <laughs> oh, it's pointed on purpose. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. some people just have it wrong. Some people dig in. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you dig in, I'm going to dig in.
0: Okay, yeah. If they don't just accept that, oh, you have your own last name, which is not the same as your husband's, and aren't prepared to just accept that and move on. Uh Okay. All
1: right. We're going to... I'm going to dig in right back.
0: Okay. Yeah. I guess if you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We have a different approach there. Well, these were very interesting questions. Great, questions. Great questions. Great questions. So please send in your questions. We would love to answer them and we'll call you by however you want us to call you. We will. We will. Actually, we don't really use your names ever because we want this to feel universal. And we also want to protect your privacy. We also protect your privacy. True. Yeah. We don't know who wants their names used. Yeah,
1: and who's listening and who isn't listening. Yeah,
0: so we kind of keep it vague, but we want to hear from you regardless. Please. So send in your questions, send them to us through our website, where com, or you can leave us a voicemail, 267-CALL-RBW. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing, whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. We're back, and now it's time to play a game we like to call "vent or repent." Vent or repent, vent or repent. Oh, that's new. I wanted to switch it up. Wow! And so this is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette thing we've done recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So, Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I'm going to vent. Bring it.
1: And I'm going to vent in theme of our last question. Oh. So I have a significant other who is my fiance, Uh but I call him my boyfriend
0: Okay, because
1: fiance just
0: seems- You can call him whatever you want to call him.
1: So this happens a lot. And recently it happened a whole bunch and I try to let it go and be, Mm -hmm. but it drives me crazy. It grinds my gears Uh where if I am telling you something and then you say, oh, what does your boyfriend think about that?
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: It happens so much. And like, it will often have to do with my career choices.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And immediately you may think, oh, must be men doing it. No, it's men and women.
0: Okay, universal.
1: More men, <laughs> but some women.
0: And these are typically things that would affect bigger life stuff. Yeah. So a career, moving, moving finances,
1: or even sometimes if it's like a joke or I'm going to this thing. I recently had a friend say, does your boyfriend know you're here? <laughs> what? <laughs> also, I find it very odd where people who don't know the two of us as a couple, uh-huh. but just know I'm a relationship. right? So it's different if like you asked me or a friend asked me or cause they just want to know, Oh, what does he think?
0: Yes. And okay. that's
1: uh, Slightly of course, different. we make slightly different. We make a couple of decisions. But if you as a person who you've never seen us together as a couple, I don't talk to you about my relationship. Right. You want to know how my boyfriend weighs in on my choices? Yeah. And I mean this happens a lot.
0: So, is it because we assume he has final say? Or is it because we assume that you can't possibly make these decisions on your own?
1: I mean, I have to assume it's all of the above?
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, it happens a lot.
0: Okay. That's, and it really... That's a good gear grinding.
1: Really grinds my gears. Yeah. Especially when it's people who don't know us as a couple. Yeah. What does your boyfriend think about this? Oh, he knows it riles me up. <laughs> so for me, what riles me up <laughs>
0: is... I go to museums and galleries a lot. If you see my Instagram, like there's a lot of them featured because I go to galleries probably every day. Um, It's like a palate cleanser for my mind. Oh, wow. It's like a little grapefruit granite. It just sort of, uh, (laughs) it uh, just, you know, it's a nice thing in the middle of the day to pop out, see some art, You know, clears the mind. Uh, So I made the mistake of going to MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, and they have a new Donald Judd uh, retrospective. But what I am annoyed by and why this is event is you need to be mindful of other people that you're not blocking the art and you're not blocking the cards. Because I wanted just to get the number off of the card so I could use my cell phone and use their like app where I could like listen to the information because all of the works are untitled. So like, I don't need to know that, but I did want the number off the card and people were basically blocking all of it at all times. And it was so frustrating because it's like, you know, you were standing right in front of this thing and there's probably 50 people in front of every artwork. So move it along people and uh, be mindful that people are trying to like look at art. You're at a group event. Yes. You were in public. This is not about you. Yeah. So I just find that maddening that people's sense of personal space and their sense of entitlement just really seems heightened. It's a lack of awareness
1: for other people. It's very infuriating. Yeah,
0: I'm totally infuriated by this. So don't do that. Or I guess I just need to get my own private museum and just enjoy the artwork (laughs) by myself. That's the dream. what have we learned?
1: I solidified, it's not new information, clarified. Uh-huh. I feel like you've really clarified, you know, when it becomes our responsibility as an adult to relay information, even if it's slightly uncomfortable, okay. to be politer. Yes.
0: So we're totally on the same page now.
1: Absolutely on the same page. Okay, great. I also feel like you very nicely described how we need to be in the same time period or uh, <laughs> for our renaissance fair. Same phase. planet. Yeah, same least. planet. I yeah. love that. I yeah. love that.
0: And I learned that you only have one set of ears and you think that Vulcan ears (laughs) and elf ears are the same ears.
1: I don't think they're the same, but I do try to pass them off, which I'm admitting my guilt to.
0: Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks you for listening. If I had your address, I'd send you a handwritten note on my custom stationery. And please visit our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter, and you can buy some merchandise, and you can get a link to our Instagram, and you can become a member on our Patreon. Yes, you can. Which we would really like you to learn more about and see if that works for you. Please. Because it works for us. Please. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness. Thank
1: you. And this is
0: where Leah makes us say nice things for 30 seconds, because that's all I give her. Ready, set, go.
1: Well, I'm keeping a in theme. Um, so my significant other, we already spent a lot of time apart. And every time he's away from me, he brings me back like a little thing from where he was from. And I didn't really grow up in a family that did this. And it's just so nice. So now whenever we're apart, I bring him a little thing. And it's just really, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive or whatever. It's just so kind. and it, I just really love it. It's so sweet.
0: And for me, we got a really nice review, which oh! is... Quote, I love listening to this podcast on Monday mornings with the children on the way to school. Informative, funny, and family appropriate. It's so difficult to find things we all want to listen to. This delightful show hits the mark. Doesn't that warm your heart? So nice. Start them young, people. Start them young. <laughs> Can you imagine if I had this show when I was elementary school age? It would have saved me a lot of time. It would have really saved me a lot of time. I would have loved to have known about grape shears when I was 10.
1: I mean, can you imagine how my life would be different? I would have loved to have known how to write a lot of these notes that you very, very succinctly explain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to know how to appropriately ghost uh, in elementary school? (laughs) So thank you. This is very nice. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde.